Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Guys, I don't know about you, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they are my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy that who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the side. Guidelines, get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. If you use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer, that is promo code CHAIR, C H A I R, to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Robert here with Dustin second episode of the week and we're talking football man we're putting basketball aside it's weird for brief briefly because usually, we got a little football news. usually basketball is so much better than football but this year it's not and so we want to talk some football throw it in there some big stuff's come out too schedules come out so we're going to talk about that rob's going to lead us yeah so let's let's you know not beat around the bush here you know football schedule came out last week yeah and it's a hard schedule man it's a hard schedule i i really think we got shafted with this schedule. I really do. When it came out and I saw it, I was like, God, like, it just doesn't look good. But we can, I think, I think first we should go through it just game by game. We don't have to give predictions or anything, but I think we go through game by game and then we can talk about first impressions right afterwards. Yeah. So we knew we were going to start the season off against Georgia. That's Labor Day, Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Monday. Atlanta. Yeah, it's Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, that will be... Prime time. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Hopefully, I'll be there. Yeah, obviously a tough opponent. Now Georgia is going through a lot of changes. You know, mm-hmm. they've got a new offensive coordinator. You're bringing in Jamie Newman from Wake Forest at quarterback. Yeah, from, Jake from Fromm just declares. Left. Yeah. DeAndre Swift just declared. And you know, obviously, I think we saw kind of how it works with Florida. You know, these SEC top ten programs, they're at a different level as far mm-hmm. as athletes go when you match them up to us. But you know maybe maybe this is the time to face georgia week one new quarterback new mm-hmm. system it's still going to be an uphill battle for sure and but it's intriguing we've seen that sec teams don't necessarily get up for the uva cavaliers so i think <laughs> in that regard you know georgia might overlook us just kind of like how south carolina did a couple years ago florida definitely did this season i think that there's a you know a better chance that 
we do well because we're not a top tier opponent yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I mean, there's a chance there, and we're ro- obviously you can dogs. say the same thing for us. You know, we're breaking in a new quarterback. Right. You know, two new receivers are going to have to emerge. You know, running game obviously wasn't where it, we need it to be, especially without Bryce Perkins. But it goes both ways. But I think it is an intriguing time to face Georgia. I think. Well, I think the where this game is going to be decided is trenches because Georgia SEC powerhouse going to have some big boys. On the offensive line, some big boys on the defensive line. And if we can't control them or if we can't stop the rush or if we can't, you know, get penetration into the Georgia to the QB, it's going to be a long night. And I think that that's something that we're going to have to look at really closely. Yeah, absolutely. But regardless, a tough Mm -hmm. matchup. But we get a little bit better the Mm -hmm. next week. We play VMI. Five days afterwards. Yeah, it is a quick turnaround. It's a very it is quick a quick turnaround. turnaround. Thankfully, it's VMI. Yeah. Um, VMI. The last time we played them was the Daniel Ham game, mm-hmm. which the you Daniel know, throwback, <laughs> long time ago. What a, um, what a that game. was that was our first year. It, was it forty nine nothing or they, maybe it was forty nine seven? I don't remember. We beat them bad. Yeah. Um, a two and ten UVA football team mm-hmm. beat them bad. So at least a good spot to get them. Hopefully, that's relatively easy win. Yeah. Hopefully. Which takes us to UConn the Saturday afterwards. And UConn, the last time we played them, was the uh, Kurt Benkert senior year. Yes. And that, that was a good game for them, um, for us at least. So, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, we get another win there. You know, you look at the way this schedule plays out. In the month of September, you're going to have two huge games. Because mm-hmm. after we beat UConn, uh, we're at it's Clemson. Clemson. We're at, at Clemson. Clemson. And In Death Valley. Yeah, in Death Valley. And I think we saw Trevor Lawrence. ETN, shockingly, did not declare for the draft either. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. <laughs> for us, at least. Yeah, so now we have to deal with ETN and Trevor Lawrence. And we've we've played them already. We played them the two games ago. <laughs> we did ago. play them. Two we did take ago. the field. We were on the same field with them. Uh, we did not do very well in that game. So that game is going to be tough, to say the least. Now, um, this is probably not going to happen, but if Trevor Lawrence sits out for the entire season, like I've heard reports that he might. Um, <laughs> We're getting deep in scenarios. <laughs> we, we are. That, that could be an interesting game. I think that Clemson's just way better than us. And, um, you know, but we'll we'll see how, how it goes next year. You know, we could be surprised. Yeah. I would say that's probably not going to happen. Probably Their not. backup, I forget his name. He's transferring. He entered the portal. Their backup quarterback. The portal. Um, yeah, ask Tech fans about the portal. They're yeah. a little bit familiar. Tech, that's Tech's favorite door is the transfer <laughs> portal. But after the Clemson game, so, I mean, realistically, let's be real here. We could be 2-2 two and two I think, at the end of I think September. We're e- I think we're easily 2-2. Two and two. I think we're 2-2, two and two, which to me leads us to perhaps the biggest game of the first half of the yep. season. is Saturday, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that it's right after the Clemson game because our guys are probably going to be pretty and, beat up, pretty tired, not just from Clemson, but from Georgia still. And this is where this is where I think we got screwed because our bye week is right after this game. And this is a pivotal ACC game. And, you know, this is something that is probably going to help determine the Coastal title mm-hmm. winner. It's our first Coastal game. And we're probably going to be already be 0-1 in the ACC at this after season. Clemson, yeah. After Clemson, And so – Playing North Carolina right after Clemson, where you know we've got you know our guys are gonna be tired, they're gonna be beat up, they're gonna have to deal with Etienne and Lawrence all night. It's good. That's a tough game. That's already a tough game with a UNC team that brings a lot of people back, including a fantastic quarterback. And that's gonna be a tough game, even at home. I think it's gonna be a tough game. That that'll be a big game, though. Yeah, and I mean it'll be the first kind of 
real big time game mm-hmm. in Charlottesville that year because our other two home games so far will be VMI and UConn. Right. So I mean that's gonna be a huge game. October third, Saturday. Beautiful weather. I hope so, man. I love those. I love those. Which you're right, we get our bye, and this year we have one bye week, which is mm-hmm. more the normal thing. Last season everybody had two bye weeks, but we get our bye week after North Carolina and play a Georgia Tech team that honestly gave us a bit of a scare this year. I think mm-hmm. we can expect Georgia Tech to be improved. Yeah. I don't know how much improved. You know, we've seen kind of through UVA how long rebuilds take. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously triple option, that's a pretty big rebuild. Yeah, I do so I do want to say that the Georgia Tech game this year came after, you know, we've had several players go down injured. I think we were still finding ourselves defensively at that point in the season. Uh, this will be at Georgia Tech, so it's always, you know, road games are always tough, tougher. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Georgia Tech could be very much more improved next season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully this is still a game where UVA can pull out the win. You know, this is going to be, this is going to need to be the type of game that Virginia wins, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia Tech, because we'll we'll go over our overall thoughts, but you're going to have to be some of these teams if you're going to want to get, right. you know, six, six, seven, and five, right. et cetera. That takes us to ODU. And ODU is actually really interesting because, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, a recent um, FBS ad, ODU, we're playing them in Norfolk this year, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I literally, like, you think about the Liberty games, you think about VMI, Richmond, like, opponents that you kind of think of as kind of that tier that we schedule. Yeah, I can't remember a time we've played an opponent like them away no i can't either and um but it's it's nice because you know i mean tech played there a couple of years ago obviously lost that game and it, one of the biggest upsets of the decade really mm-hmm. and you know hopefully that does not happen to us so i mean i'm looking and it, it's it's also unfortunate because after our bye week it's not even like we get like the toughest opponents we get two opponents who we should beat yeah after the bye week you know, maybe I'll play the the opposite to that. Maybe that's good. It gets us in rhythm after a tough first half of the season. Maybe, but, but uh, yeah, maybe. You know, who can we say? also have like kind of struggled coming, out mean, of bye coming off the bye week. At least this year, this year we, yeah, we lost to Miami that first one. Yeah, it was terrible. So um, terrible. Yeah, not the prettiest. Speaking not, of Miami, we play Miami the following week on Halloween. On Halloween, at home. Yeah, we get them at home. It'll be fun. Yeah, so uh, they will be starting most likely Derek King at quarterback. So Derek King transferred. And, um, you know, I think Jaron Williams actually entered the transfer portal after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that. it's just revolving doors at quarterback. Now, Derek King, he had his injury, but Derek King was an incredible player. Mm-hmm. He, you know, obviously, he's the type of guy who could really bring something. Now, of course, maybe some people were saying that about Tate Martell last year. You know, Miami's interesting. They've got so much talent. They consistently have so much talent. You know, the classes they're playing with right now are all top 10 recruiting classes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just consistently underachieve. But they haven't really had a dynamic quarterback like that before. And Derek King, you know, an experienced guy who's played a lot of football. I think think he could be a spark to them. Again, Mm -hmm. we'll go back through the schedule. I think this is a game Virginia needs to win to get where I think they want to go. Yeah. But... It's going to be a new element to this game this year with mm-hmm. a really dynamic type quarterback like uh, Derek King. Yeah, yeah, and right after Miami, we've got Louisville at home as well. So we got two away games and then two home games back to back. And uh, I like I like having Miami and Louisville at home. I think those are two teams that are probably going to be on the rise in the ACC. It's probably best that we get them at home so that we have a you know home field advantage to take them on. Yeah, and I'm intrigued by Louisville. Obviously, we lost to them last year, mm-hmm. and I think they've just been through so many highs and lows. That program has the past few years, going from Lamar Jackson 
to a two and ten season the year after to a you know firing of a coach new coach comes in last year i think we can all agree they were better than what we thought they would be Mm -hmm. and obviously they beat us in a really really ugly game (laughs) that was not a fun game to watch so obviously we see that um I think it'll be interesting. I think this is another big-time matchup. And again, with UVA having a Georgia on the schedule, a Clemson on the schedule, again, I think this is the type of game that, you know, this is a toss-up that you're really, really going to want Virginia to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think and that'll go a long way with the ACC standings as well. Yeah, no, obviously going to be critical. And that's, going back to North Carolina, such a huge part about North Carolina. You don't want to start 0-2 in the ACC. After Clemson, you're probably 0-1. You play North Carolina. You really want to get to at least one and one in the ACC. Right, exactly. So after Louisville, we go on the road Friday, short turnaround to Durham. And talk about a non-intimidating place to play yeah. on a Friday night. Right. That'd be Durham, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, Bronco Mendenhall has obviously owned this series with uh, David Cutcliffe since he's been at UVA. You know, 4-0, and including that 2-10 and year. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Sorry, we're watching the Pro Bowl now. <laughs> Let's see. Big guy just scored. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously, this isn't a game where you want to see, you know, you want Virginia to win. And that I feel like I'm a broken record. You want Virginia to win this game. But, you know, if you're going to play a game on a Friday night, I like that it's Duke. I like that Virginia's owned this matchup. There's not going to be an atmosphere there. And quite frankly, I don't know too much about Duke. Um, you know, UVA beat them really badly this yeah, year. crushed them. Yeah, which was very much a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully this is a game where UVA can kind of, you know, take this step here because, you know, sandwiching between two games that are going to be kind of toss-ups, your Miamis, your Louisvilles, and two games after that that I think you could probably say are kind of toss-ups, Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech, which brings us to Pittsburgh. UVA got lucky last year catching them week one because Pittsburgh became much improved and, you know, it wasn't only but a few weeks after the UVA game where they gave Penn State a real scare last year. Mm-hmm. So we play Pittsburgh at home this year. I like it, although it does kind of bring back <laughs> – last time we Bad played Pittsburgh memories, at yeah. home was not the prettiest game. Yeah, it was an ugly game. You were at that game, right? I was. It was pouring rain, and, you know, really we lost the lead in the Coastal that game, and, of course, we ended up losing to Tech that season too. So tough year for that, but I like that we get an extra day – for Pitt I think that's really going to be good because Pitt's always tough and you know especially this season it was great that we caught them in the first game of the season where they weren't quite you know totally ready because later in the year they were really doing well beating a lot of good teams and so I I like having Pitt the end of the year unfortunately it's gonna be cold and they're just a tough team and I hate playing tough teams in the cold it just hurts (laughs) and everything hurts but after Pitt you know we got the big game at Virginia Tech and let's hope that we can keep the streak going two years in a row. So it's a Saturday this year, which is obviously nice. Thank the God. On a Friday was a tough turnaround after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I heard a poster on one of the message boards talk about this this week. You know, what's your thoughts on how important this game is? Because obviously we'll know more once the season starts. But what the argument this one poster said was, if you just beat Virginia Tech this past year 2019 and then lose to him the next year it still maybe feels like a fluke a little bit mm-hmm. that he thinks it's really important for turning recruiting turning the perception that virginia really beats them two years in a row yeah i agree with that i think that because like if you beat them once then it doesn't really they can still say well we've beaten you 16 out of the last 17 years right mm-hmm. but if you beat them two years in a row there's no you can't really say that and we we can say well we've got a streak of two games now in a row so i think 
I think making the series more competitive and also making the series, you know, go in our favor more is really huge. And, you know, just looking at the schedule, and we can talk about this more later, but I think that we could potentially be fighting for a bowl game against Tech that last weekend, depending on how the rest of the season shakes out. Yeah, and let's go ahead and talk about that. Because let's talk about it. Obviously, Bronco Mendenhall's thing has been unbroken growth, and it's held true, at least in terms of regular season wins, mm-hmm. each of the past four seasons, two wins to six to eight to nine. This year probably isn't going to be an unbroken growth I don't year. think we can get to 10 wins. So <laughs> if we get to 10 wins... <laughs> I said I don't think we yeah, can. Yeah, well, I know, I know. But um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a bit of a shocker. Yeah. It'd be a bit of a shocker yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you look at the schedule, obviously Georgia and Clemson on there. You knew they were going to be on there. I don't like that they're both September. I don't like how close they are. I don't like that North Carolina is the first week after uh, Clemson. I think I don't like that. I, I think that it's good that we get both of them out of the way. I do wish that we had time after Clemson to prepare for North Carolina, and unfortunately we do not. I think that's where we kind of get shafted with the with the scheduling is we've got – three away games and four games at Clemson, North Carolina, at Georgia Tech, at Old Dominion, with our bye week sandwiched in the middle of that. And that's going to be a long stretch where we do not see this team at home very much. We'll see them twice in October, once at the very beginning, once at the very end. And we're going to see this team grow a lot on the road, which is unfortunate because October is, I think, the best time to watch football outside at home. So unfortunately, that's not going to happen. And our bye week is after the most probably the most pivotal game of the season North Carolina at home and it's before two of our easier games at Georgia Tech at Old Dominion yeah on paper at least on paper yeah so I don't like that about the schedule I also don't like where the ODU game falls you know I think one Mm -hmm. thing that I really liked about the past two years schedules is having Liberty at the end of the season you know two years ago in 2018 we had Liberty it was the third to last game. We did Pittsburgh. We lost that game. Then we played Liberty, and then we went on the road and played Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. But I really liked where the Liberty game was placed, you know, give our guys a chance to rest before those two pivotal rivalry coastal matchups. And then last year was the same thing. We had Liberty the week before Virginia Tech. Really give our guys an opportunity to hopefully, you know, catch a break. And before the biggest game of the season, Virginia yeah. Tech. This year, the kind of you know, comparable game to that is ODU and ODU falls in the middle of October. Yeah. I really like playing kind of, for lack of a better word, the late season cupcake. And, you know, you see it mm-hmm. with these SEC schedules a lot. Yeah. You know, Auburn and Alabama aren't playing LSU the week before they play each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I really liked how that fell each of the past two seasons. I think, and I, I think wish Clemson, it would have fell I think Clemson's way. doing it this year too. Yeah. So I wish, I wish we could have had that go in our favor. So, and then also just ending, um, the season you know pittsburgh's a tough game to have before virginia tech it's yeah. a physical team and virginia tech you know all these coastal teams we're still figuring out a lot you know many of them have guys in the transfer portal all these guys you know we're trying to figure out reports what are the systems going to look like you know we're still figuring a lot of this out and we'll have a better idea once the summer hits once we've been through spring practice not just for our opponents but for ourselves you know breaking in a new quarterback um but there's a lot of toss-up games in here and I want to ask you this, now that you've seen the schedule, and there's a lot that's going to play out, Mm -hmm. and any prediction you make here, we're not going to hold each other to, 
So it's a safe space. It's a safe space. But I don't know. I what... think I, I, I've made predictions before, and I've had them throw back in my face. So <laughs> me too. What's your feel say, though? What's your feel? I think six and six right off the bat is where I'm at. Um, the the games against Georgia and Clemson are just losses. I think we're gonna lose a couple games in ACC play, whether it's North Carolina or Louisville or Miami or Pitt or Virginia Tech or Duke. I mean, we can lose to really any of those coastal teams. And I think the only wins that I feel super confident about are VMI, UConn, and Old Dominion. I mean, even Old Dominion is pushing it because they, they really pushed it to us last year, and they've already beaten Virginia Tech at home in the past couple of years. So I, I'm even worried about the Old Dominion game. I, I, we could even go 5-7 and seven or 4-8. and eight, and Really? I, I wouldn't be surprised just based on I, – I don't think we will, but I think with the, with the ACC being so much better next season – and I think, with, especially the coastal teams, like Louisville's going to be much better next season. Georgia Tech's could be much better. Louisville's Atlantic, but yeah, crossover. But yeah, but, the, yeah. but we play them every year. And, you know, Pitt's going to be probably around the same. Um, Virginia Tech's going to bring back literally everyone. They do not – anyone important is staying at Virginia Tech. From so graduation, far. they do have some interesting guys in the portal They right are now. in the portal. Hazleton they have, just uh, they committed not, to Missouri, actually, oh, today. Yeah, I didn't know that. And but, um, that changes everything. <laughs> okay, six and six for sure. Lock me in for six and six. But as I, I mean, I, I'm joking. But as I was saying earlier, like I think, I think the Virginia Tech game could very well decide whether or not we go to a bowl game or not. Like we could easily be five and six going into that game. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Like if we win, if we win VMI, UConn, Miami, Louisville, and Pitt, those are all of our home games, and we'd be five and six. And throwing old dominion there too but i mean at the same time six and six five or six and six or seven and five i think is a good record for us next year yeah i haven't gone game by game yet in my head i feel seven and five yeah that's kind of what i'm feeling right now um obviously that can change and you know you look at the way the schedule is going to play out i would say kind of aside from a clemson and aside from a georgia you look at the majority of our schedule and you say these are toss-up games and are, at the very least, games where Virginia has a legitimate chance to win. You know, there's not really a game aside from those two on there where I feel really scared or like, you know, oh, there's no shot we're going to win this game. And that's kind of where this program is right now. And obviously, it's going to be a year of transition. You know, Bryce Perkins to Brennan Armstrong, new receivers, blah, blah, blah. But we also have – we're returning our entire offensive line. Hopefully, that means something. We still I, don't know if we have a running I, back. I really, I really think it's unfair to – make a season prediction until after we've seen what they look like against Georgia. It's going to be such a different offense without Bryce Perkins. It's going to be very different. And, you know, we don't know what our wide receivers are going to bring. We don't know how our offensive line is going to look. We don't even know really what the defense is going to look like. I mean, they're going to be still very good, but our secondary still is pretty much unproven at this point. I mean, we've got some people coming back. Joey Blunt's going to be back. Um, Brenton Nelson hopefully will be healthy next year. But, like, we, we don't really know what this team's going to look like. And there's going to be a lot of change coming with this team. So I'm holding off. I'm, I'm not going to predict anything officially until <laughs> after the Georgia game. And we're going to see what they actually look like. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel that. I don't I'll, know have, if, I'll do my predictions before the first game. Of the I will too, starts, but, but I will put a asterisk <laughs> next to it saying, I don't know if that's really fair considering that's not how predictions work. However, like like if we if I could go back and change my basketball season predictions this year, yeah. I really would if because you could go I was back. I was unaware that we would suck at shooting threes this season. I was that was something I thought we would be good at. That is not something we have done very well. So, I think that 
that that's what I have to say about that. Is you know we we really are, don't know what this team's going to look like. Yeah, it's an interesting schedule. It is. So we've been through the schedule. Just a couple. I feel like we do like our own little around the horn here. You know, just address mm-hmm. a couple topics that have been coming up um, over the past couple weeks. Because what it's been two weeks, I it's guess been since two we've done weeks, a podcast. Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind, Robert and I. Mm-hmm. His name was put in consideration for the Miami offensive coordinator. That mm-hmm. was that didn't seem too legitimate. Uh, but what seemed like it could have been a very real possibility was him to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Robert and I stays at UVA. What's your thoughts on that? I'm not really surprised. I think, you know, he's an older coordinator. I think he's later in his years. And if he's going to start, so he definitely wasn't going to Miami. I think that was Yeah, that was stupid. a strange report. Yeah. But I think Hawaii was actually, you know, legit. Like that's some, he's West Coast. He's from the West Coast. That That means going back home. I think that I was a little bit more scared by that, but in the, at the same time, I think it was okay. I wasn't too worried about him leaving at the same time, and I think if he did, we would have been okay with Beck at the offensive coordinator position. Would you have preferred for Anai to stay or to leave? I think it's better that he stayed. I think it's better that he stayed. And I think that because if you look at the end of the season, you know we did a really good job of – he did a good job of utilizing his players – he did a good job of figuring out how to use Bryce Perkins the best. So I think that's good that he stayed. Now, hopefully, he can do that with Brennan Armstrong as well. But we'll see, you know, how that works out. What do you think? I'm in your camp, I think. Although I will say I'm like keep going back and forth on this. You know, I think one of the strengths of this team over the past few years has been continuity of the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And I think we start to need to uh, we need to start looking at Jason Beck as um you know, a really key element of this coaching staff. You know, he's taken two guys in Kurt Benkert and Bryce Perkins who had, you know, ability that you could see, but turned them into really, really good players. You know, mm-hmm. Kurt Benkert in the NFL and Bryce Perkins breaking about every UVA record quarterback-wise that right. there is. So I think we need to start looking at Beck as really the future. I, I know there's opinions out there that are like, oh, some people are saying he's too young to be the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think at some point we're going to have to start looking at him as an offensive coordinator or he's going to get opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. And so that's kind of my hesitation there um, is just keeping the staff intact. And I really do think of Beck as a really key piece of the staff, especially offensively. Yeah, so so I, I, mean, I, think, I think it's okay for now, but if this was going to happen two years from now when Robert and I is 63 and Beck's 40, I think it could have been – I might start thinking differently. I mean, there, there were even reports that Anai was going to retire after this year. So it wasn't like – it's not like he's going to stick around for 10 more years. I mean, he's going to go eventually. Like, I think he's he's ending the near – I think he's nearing the end of his career. And so it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Beck gets his shot in the next couple of years or so. Yeah, and I went back at UVA. I would I would like to keep him as well. I think I think he's a great talent. He's been developing really well. We'll see how Brennan does this year, but so far he's done really well with the two quarterbacks he's had, and I'm excited to see what he can do with the third one. Yep. So, all right, so that brings us to our next topic. Chris Moore to the transfer portal. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? No comment. I think um <laughs> I think, you know, our secondary is really deep. I think that Chris Moore did a, you know, he did an okay job in, you know, in spot minutes this season, but I think that with the people that we have and the people that are staying, I don't think it's a huge loss. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I think that's just, that's my first thought. It's like Chris Moore transferring. Oh, okay. That That's too bad. But like, oh, well, 
Yeah. I'm not too sad. Yeah. Chris Moore really kind of made a name for himself in that 2017 season mm-hmm. where he was kind of playing that hybrid linebacker safety role. Yeah. That's really where his strengths were, were, uh, you know, in the box. And, you know, he definitely wasn't a true outside linebacker, mm-hmm. no question. But he fit more in that mold from physicality and just wasn't great in coverage than, you know, playing a, as a true free safety, yeah. which is what he essentially did the and, last few games of the you season. And, you know, I think you can look at the the Orange Bowl especially and where he, he definitely missed some tackles. There were some blown coverages. And not all of it was his fault, but but he definitely missed a couple tackles in that game that were super important. So mm. I think that, you know, it's tough to see him go, but at the same time, if he, he, if he, he might see the writing on the wall that there's a bunch of players coming back next year. You know, the linebackers are finally at where they need to be, so he doesn't need to play linebacker anymore. And I think he sees it and he's going because he knows he's not going to get as much playing time here anymore. Yeah, and I think that's key. You look at the safety group right now, Blunt, Cross, and Nelson are all seniors, mm-hmm. and Chris Moore would have been a senior as well. And then you really start to see the young guys coming in, you know, Antonio Clary, Antonio Dixon. Unfortunately, both of them burned the red shirts this season. Mm-hmm. Clary actually, I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL in the Duke game, which is unfortunate. That was yeah. his fourth game, um, or it was his fifth game. That so, sucks. Yeah, it That's was bad so timing bad. for that. But then you also look at the uh, the freshmen we're bringing in this year. You know, two of our highest rated freshmen, Elijah Gaines and Donovan Johnson, are both safeties. Yeah. And, you know, Johnson actually enrolled early, so he's already on yeah. ground. So I think... I don't think it's a huge loss. I think he could be a talented player in the right system, but I think you even see a little bit of it with Quinn Blanding. You know, same type of player. Yeah. You know, I think Quinn Blanding was obviously better, better tackler for sure, mm-hmm. but they're just not the purest guys in coverage. Be- best tackler in, in UVA's history. Yeah, yeah. Does true. that have to do with him or with the defense? <laughs> I don't know. Quinn Blanding played for a number of coaches. Yeah, he <laughs> he saw them all. He got he got around. Yeah, he got around. <laughs> That's one way to say, <laughs> but um, yeah. So then the last topic I want to cover is we're starting to see the 2021 commitments coming in. Uh-huh. So we just got a commitment from a running back. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a large class. Rob, here. by the way, Rob loves this running back. I guarantee <laughs> it. Ask, ask Rob about this running back recruit. I think you're noticing a theme. It's, I think it's an interesting <laughs> commitment because, you know, we've had Jordan Ellis for two years and then this year we had, um, you know, we had uh, Wayne Talapapa. There you go. I couldn't, re- yeah, <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Um, That's how much Rob likes him. <laughs> I think it's interesting. We have the, you can see kind of the trend in these running backs. And with the exception of Seneca Millage, who could very easily turn into more of a slot H-back type of guy next mm-hmm. season. We're really recruiting kind of these big, powerful guys that quite frankly, aren't the fastest or most elusive guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bronco was very upfront about it. He was like, listen, like Wayne Talapapa doesn't get into the open field you're not going to catch or someone's going to catch him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not going to outright anybody. So I think it's interesting. And, you know, you look at the class next year, we're probably going to have at least another running back because we're graduating um, Atkins, Kyer, Peacock. You know, we're graduating essentially two, you know, more of the speed back type running backs Mm -hmm. in Bronco system. And Peacock is more of a fullback. So there's going to be another running back ad. I'd like for that guy to be, bit more elusive bit more dynamic bit more of the home run threat mm-hmm. um but i'm curious to see how that plays out but it, it i really do think this is a trend you know the staff seems to like the big downhill running backs and i guess they're going to start and we saw it this year with bryce perkins but they're really going to look elsewhere in the backfield you know quarterback that is for these kind of big explosive plays i just think it's an interesting trend yeah no i agree i think that 
I, I think that's what Bronco's comfortable with. I think that's what he's he knows. And, you know, especially with Brennan being more of a power runner than, than Bryce Perkins, I think we're going to see a lot more power this year than we're used to. But, mm-hmm. you know, who who can say? Since yeah. We are in the offseason. <laughs> but that, I will say, that is my biggest concern offensively next season mm-hmm. is where are the big plays going to come from? Where's right. the speed, the explosion going to come from? Because last year... There was a lot of Bryce Perkins, but you had a guy in Joe Reed who can mm-hmm. make things happen as yeah. well. This year, you know, Terrell Jana is a solid receiver. We'll see kind of how he develops as a true number one. But he doesn't have the same kind of making this type of ability that Joe Reed did. You know, we don't have a guy like Alamade on the roster. Is it going to be Billy Kemp? Are they going to find Seneca Millage in that role? You know, is Tavares Kelly? I don't know. But that's my biggest um kind of question or maybe even concern for the offense next year. Yeah, so we've got, speed's I mean, we've from. got a lot of questions for the offense. I think the defense is pretty much, you know, set. I think we know what we're getting with the defense next year. I think the defense could be super solid. I think uh, even the special teams is going to be really solid next year too. I mean, they had a great year this year. And I think next year we're bringing back our, all of our specialists and except for Joe Reed, of course. And, you know, the offense, of course, is where the questions were this year. And at least at the beginning of the year. And this year, I think, is the same way in which we know what we are bringing with the defense, both the offense, like, is the offensive line going to improve at all? How is Brennan going to be as a passer? Where's the run game going to come from? Where Who's going to catch besides Jana? So mm-hmm. I think all of those are great questions to ask. And I think that as we see, like, spring practice and as we see, you know, reports come out in the summer from, like, media and just open practices and stuff, I think it'll be a lot better for us to – answer those questions then yeah so a lot to find out man a lot, a lot to, to find, find out. out it's exciting it's exciting it's weird talking about football during basketball season basketball, i like it i like i'd I like rather it. basketball be good too dude i like I it too like football <laughs> i was never anti-football i want to make that clear <laughs> i'm very pro football but i think that having you know you know both teams be good at the same time is great we haven't been there yet but i, th- I think i'm hoping like in two years like next year it'll happen or the year after perhaps as well. So we'll see. Yeah. It but could. We'll, we'll it watch could. either way. We'll watch either way. <laughs> we watched the Mike London years. We do. So we'll keep watching. I, I was, it's, it's like blacked out of my memory now, but I did watch. I was there. I yeah. was present. For at least parts of the game. I witnessed. For Yeah. <laughs> I was witness. Anyway, Rob, is there anything else you want to talk about with football? Anything you want to add? Anything you want to say? No, not really. I think the biggest thing is, going to be you know right now they're doing their um strength and conditioning workout spring mm-hmm. ball won't start for a while so um obviously we'll track that when it comes out but mm-hmm. for now it's just kind of monitoring how the roster shapes you know yeah. is anyone entering the portal are we able to pull any guys in and if mm-hmm. so where does that scholarship availability availability come from are we still looking for a quarterback in the portal we might be so th- not necessarily to start but what bronco had indicated is based kind of on how RJ Harvey does through spring ball, they're mm-hmm. going to kind of make a decision as to whether to pursue a backup quarterback, which okay. ideally Bronco likes these guys that have two years of eligibility, but I don't think they're looking for anyone to supplant Armstrong. Yeah. I don't think so either. That's not, that's not what I've heard. Yeah. So okay. it's a possibility though. And you know, obviously spring practice will raise all sorts of new questions yes. and transfers and you know, blah, 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 but there'll be, there's still, still stuff to follow. Rob just, uh, he was really proud of this, and he told me this. I don't know if he wants me to share this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But he made this this incredible spreadsheet in his free time, and he it, it shows all the available 
scholarships and all where all the scholarships are being placed and also you know where they're coming from what position groups need the most scholarships what position groups have the scholarships and he's done this for like the past four years or so so it's a wonderful spreadsheet and uh we're going to use it in our recruiting talks and our scholarship yeah, some talks. guys and ties ip proprietary <laughs> yeah yeah some data <laughs> yeah data driven so, analytics absolutely podcast. absolutely yes. ibm basically is gonna be our next sponsor we are the like. next generation of podcasting data analytics the future is here next gen we stats. are the future and the future um is now yeah we just are a lot of buzzwords the, guy, the guys are the future future guys 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 and ties future those future, are the next sweatshirts. The future, the future lies. All right. We're going to move on. Actually, we're going to end it. Yeah, let's and we're going to end it on that. Uh, thank you for so much for listening. This has been the Guys and Ties podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram at Guys and Ties Pod. Rob gets the bonus content out there whenever we've got bonus content for you. And make sure to follow us on Spotify and iTunes if you want to keep listening to us. And make sure to check out Armchair All-Americans. They've got a lot of great things, Armchair Media. They've got a lot of podcasts about different uh, sports like NHL, NBA is going on right now, uh, NFL the is ending, but there's one more game left to play. And so check them out if you want to, and we will see you guys next week. Go Hoops. Go Hoops.